This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. And rolling. That is Small Town Strip Club. And you can now check out Small Town Strip Club's latest single, Why You Think I Call You Baby. That's from that song. And they they, uh, they sent me a thing, a little blurb in which they could put out because we use it on the podcast and they let us use it for free. I said, no problem. So uh, producer Tim and Andrew, clip this off and we're going to send it to the band. Dan O'Toole here from Boomsies Podcast. Check out Small Town Strip Club's latest single, Why You Think I Call You Baby, out everywhere. Boomsies! Thought you put the volume back up, but you faded it out. Fade to black. We are back on location on my deck. Beautiful summer day as we near the end of July with episode number 28. The Steve Larmer episode. Do we have the clip where last week when I was sitting in a hotel room in Atlanta, didn't know who episode number 27 would be named after, but in my research, I discovered who episode 28 would be named after and I became giddy. Do we have that clip? Let's roll it. But we're going with Daryl Sittler for episode number 27. Oh, I already know who number 28 is going to be on the list. Oh, yeah. See, I knew it was going to be alarms, my buddy. 1,006 games played, 1,012 points. Now, if I quickly do the math here. uh, Hey, that's better than a point a game. He won the Stanley Cup. He won the Calder Trophy. He won gold at the Canada Cup. He played in 884 consecutive games. He is from Peterborough, Ontario. He should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And we have a very big surprise regarding Steve Larmer later in this podcast. As he will join us. No one who's had an episode named after them has ever joined us on that episode. That all changes today. As I sit here on my deck, I do it uh, with purpose. As I hope Ron, my cat, hears my voice and comes scampering out of these woods behind me. Wouldn't that be a great moment? That would be the greatest moment in podcast history because Ron the cat, he's now on week number, oh, he's on week two. He's on a two-week bender out in the woods. We have had the hottest days of this summer. We have had torrential downpours. We've had lightning. We've had thunder. So I'm hoping Braun is just camped out in a cave. And he's like, I'll get back there. I'm just on vacay. Or he's a part of a massive cat burglar situation. Because if you walk around my little town here, there are posters for three other cats that are missing. It's a 
Catdemic. Maybe they're all hanging out. Maybe they've formed a crew. Either way, we got a pussy problem. So come home, Ron. And everyone's giving tips. They're like, ah, leave out kitty litter. He'll smell it. I'm like, Ron knows these, these woods. He knows this place. These are, there's 800 acres of crown land behind me here. He knows every inch of that. He doesn't need no cat litter. He's not like walking around. Hmm. It smells like Let's go over there. No. Speaking of shitty. I had a dog while growing up. His name was Fonzie. He was quite a character. He is almost like a mythological figure when it comes to my cousins. Because he defied logic. He he would climb trees. He never barked. Uh, he could be five kilometers away, find his uh, way back to the farm, no problem. We never, ever saw him or piss. And we had him for like 14 years. My my mother reminded me of that last night. She's like, oh, yeah, your cousins were talking. And they said, my, my cousins used to have this dog named Fonzie and you never saw him go to the bathroom. And I'm like, it's a weird thing to bring up in a conversation about a dog. Hopefully they lead with, yeah, he climbs trees and he chewed rocks. But yeah, he, we never saw him go to the can. Very strange. And also one time he got into a porcupine. So this is ingrained in my brain. He had quills all in his mouth on the side of his face. So we brought, we were like, my dad's got pliers. And he's like, well, guess we got to take these out. And if you've ever seen a porcupine quill, it's got barbs on it. That's why it sticks in there. So he pinned them down on the ground and started ripping them out. You know what my job was during that procedure? To hold the the hose and wash away the blood. And while a dog, at least for Fonzie, is having porcupine quills yanked from his mouth, he, at one point, became human in the sounds he was making. It, it forever remains in my head. Here's what he was doing while quills were being yanked out of his, his mouth, and I'm like a seven or an eight-year-old with a hose watching my beloved dog have this done to him while I wash away his blood. He made this sound. He went, So if you will, put yourself in my shoes as a child hearing and witnessing this. And then that same dog. Uh, one night he was like, oh, geez, Fonzie's not looking good. Couldn't walk around. They're like, oh, well, looks like we got to put him down. So oh, everyone pack in the truck. We got we got to drive him to the vet. I got in the back of the truck with him, holding Fonzie in my arms. And while on the way to the vet, he goes like this. He goes, <sighs> and then died in my arms. All right. Welcome to Boomsies. <laughs> Holy. We took a. Thanks for the free therapy appointment. So, Ron, I hope you come home, buddy. We we really need you. I'm going to be thinking about those porcupine quills all day. I am back from Atlanta. So I didn't reveal it on the last podcast as I did a uh, 
podcast from my hotel room in Atlanta. But I was there to shoot a Bet Rivers commercial with football Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis. I had never met the man before. And before meeting him, he's met a surprising amount of people that I know. And every one of them are like, oh, man, he's great. He's a great dude. I can now confirm that Jerome Bettis is possibly the greatest human on earth. He treats everyone with respect because you meet a lot of people doing this job. You meet a lot of athletes, celebrities. And I can honestly say I've never met a real But I found out on my travels, if you're on camera, those athletes and celebrities are nice to you, but not nice to everyone else. So you you could say, oh, yeah, I met so-and-so. They seem nice. They're like, no, that person's a real I'm like, oh, yes, they're just nice to nice to me because I was on camera. That's that's not nice at all. I can tell you, Jerome is nice to everyone, whether you're on camera, off camera, whatever. So we were on a shoot for two days with one another. And we talked about golf for two days. We talked a bit about football. Like I'm like asking what happens at the bottom of a scrum? Is it like old school? Are you getting fish hooked? Are guys trying to punch you in the nuts? He's like, no, no, no. Like only once one guy punched him and he's like, those guys, he, they used to be friends. And he's like, he, we ain't friends anymore. So we talked about, he plays, uh, he plays a lot of golf. He plays Augusta like three, four times a year. And he said every single time it's like Christmas morning. He said, you cannot describe the feeling. And he like motivated me to go out and and play better. So it was, we just hit it off and we had a, we had a lot of laughs, especially about the prompter. Uh, Yeah, it was very small at times. And I'm like, anyway, it won't make any sense here. Atlanta, very humid. I'd like to spend more time there. Everything's 15 minutes from uh, from everything. Ask Jerome, okay, where's this place? Ah, 15 minutes. Where's this place? 15 minutes. So by the end of the uh, my stay, I'd already have my answer. I'm like, so if I was going to this place, yeah, 15 minutes. I'd love to go back and spend some time and golf with Jerome, if he'll have me. I asked him, I said, uh, I carry uh a hockey card of Sidney Crosby in my wallet. Probably met him. He has. That's the extent of that story. Because <laughs> they both played in Pittsburgh. He's been to the, the Rivers Casino. In Pittsburgh. It's right downtown. He says it's gorgeous. I said, I know. I don't work for a company that has casinos. I uh, golfed on Saturday with a bunch of buddies, like, like guys that I have known since this would be night, like the early nineties and some even longer because I went to elementary school with them. The other guys I met in college, some of them I hadn't seen in 25 years. And after the round of golf, we all had some fun. I mentioned, I said, guys, we're past the midpoint, midway point of our lives, depending on how old we live to be. If I live to 93, then I'm, then I'm almost at the midpoint. But if I'm gone sooner than that, then I'm past the mid, midway point of my life. So we were talking about this and the fleetingness of life, how life is short. So I said, yeah, like, uh, we should cherish these moments because we're going to, we're going to pass away like down the road, like, uh, 20, 30 years from now. And my one buddy, Monksy looks at me and says, oh, someone is dying here for sure. Very soon. I'm like, what the f***? Hey, it wasn't a joke. So I'm like, is this the. Bruce Willis movies, I, I see dead people. 
It's like, oh yeah, someone's dying here soon for sure. That mixed with my, my dog, my cat missing. I got the makings of a country song. Although country songs, modern day country songs are not like that anymore. It's all about grabbing beer and jumping in your pickup and partying. They don't make country songs like they used to. I have some uh, viewer feedback to get to here. Uh, Bear with me. I've got my clipboard. One is regarding uh, the missing cat. Damn, just finished listening to the Daryl Sittler episode. Very concerned about Ron. We had a cat that would go missing for a week every now and again. A couple times it has wandered into a neighbor's shed or garage and had the doors closed behind it. Have your neighbors check their sheds and garages and have them leave the doors open. Our cat was often too scared to come out at first and would hide until it felt safe to come out. Positive vibes, Ron comes back. Still loving boomsies. Keep up the great work. Checked all the barns, the sheds and garages. No, Ron. Dan, we are heading to your old stomping ground of Marina Del Rey. Staying for five days, four nights. Purpose of the trip is to catch Cobra Man on the last date of their tour as they're from Los Angeles and coined the genre Los Angeles Power Disco. We have a three-hour connection at Pearson, and if anything goes south, that's not my body on a plane, and we miss the show. I will melt faster than the Wicked Witch of the West in Wizard of Oz. If the band gets COVID and has to postpone the show outside of the window of our trip, my wife will not be able to drag me away from the Venice skate park, and I will become one with concrete and Pacific Ocean. Now that I've passed the burden of my anxieties to you, Dan, I can relax and enjoy my trip. Taking things out, talking things out really does work. Callum, P.S. Any must do things while in Marina Del Rey. No, Marina Del Rey is not a tourist destination. It is great for its proximity to LAX and its proximity to Venice. So go to Venice, hang out there. Get all your people watching in, then uh, make your way down. Then you can hit up uh, Hermosa Beach. You can hit up Manhattan Beach. Yeah, check out all the beaches. Have a fun time. That Venice Skate Park. It's trippy. It's pretty cool. Uh, Speaking of Pearson. I am not flying after I flew to Atlanta, which is a two-hour flight. I'm not flying anywhere for the next five years. My return trip, again, it's a two-hour flight, Atlanta to Toronto. It was an 11-hour travel day. Air Canada, they're, uh, they're something. They, uh, they canceled all the flight after flight after flight until, what? well, we got a full flight. I guess where this one's taking off. And then you, you land in Toronto, they're like, yeah, we got to wait for a gate crew. And again, this isn't, that's not their problem. And then they dropped us off. I believe we were outside of the airport. I believe they, they dropped us off in a subdivision. Because the walk from where they dropped us off to customs was an hour and a half, I think. If I had just started walking from Atlanta to Toronto, I believe it would have been the same amount of time as my travel day. I have a buddy who just went to Vegas. He got back in Toronto, three and a half hour customs. I landed at 1.30 in the morning, so there was no one in customs. Every single flight is delayed. Just don't travel right now. Drive around. Say hi to your neighbors. Go vacation. You know what you do? House swap. Say to your neighbor, hey, you want to go on vacation? Go to my house. And likewise. You can spend your time like looking through all their drawers and all their cupboards. See how the others live. 
Hey, Toolsy, I was so pumped. To, I was so pumped to see you back in action and hear that you're doing so well. I subscribed to Boomsies as soon as I heard about it, and I'm just making my way through all the episodes now. Loved your message about taking the time to truly appreciate the special and mundane moments in life, like in your stories about riding bikes with your girls or spending time at Bickle's Cottage. I was out at the Cotty in Charbot Lake, Ontario the other week, and I thought about what you said. Spent a solid 30 minutes just staring at the lake with the evening sun shining off of it. Remembering to be like Toolsy and really see everything and take it all in. Sometimes you got to stop and really appreciate how pretty friggin' cool life can be. Anyways, down to the serious business. When you, Jay, and Jim went to Montreal, you mentioned that you guys had dinner at one of my favorite establishments, Api du Couchon. Can you let us in on your go-to meal there? Please tell me you got the duck in the can. Excellent meal. And always produces a solid boomsies the morning after, if you catch my drift. Love you, buddy. Never stop being you. Mike from Ottawa. Api du Gouchon is a glorious restaurant. And yes, Jay got the duck in a can. And it's literally, it comes in a can. It's cooked in a can and they drop it off and it looks like the duck out of a can. It's not uh, Instagram worthy, really. Maybe while it's still in the can. But anything at Pidou Couchon is amazing. If you're ever in Montreal, check it out. And thanks about uh, your sentiment about enjoying things. I had a conversation with a, a friend yesterday, and they said, got to wake up and do this all over again. So, so I said, well, I... I do the same thing every day. And they said, well, you're always happy now. So it was kind of a backhanded compliment, but I'm like, yes, life can get mundane and repetitive. But I don't know, man. It doesn't drag me down. I've said it before, just find the joys in the little things. Like the morning cup of coffee or the sun shining in or going to a new park with your kids or even the same park. Seeing the joy in their faces. About stupid shit. I bring my Ruby to the golf course. Of course, I've played a million times. And she just gets, out a, gets a kick out of being there. I'm like, yes. Seeing it through a new set of eyes. Life can be difficult. It can be boring. It can be repetitive. But it's finding a way to to notice what you have. And not take it for granted. Okay. Ron? Have we got Ron back there yet? Nope. Just a soccer ball. Just a lot of balls back there. Whenever you go to a dollar store, buy those uh, bouncy balls. They last forever. And you get tons of enjoyment out of them. Best best purchase at a dollar store, the rubber balls. It's time for Boomsy. Let's dive into the news. And, oh, it's Z Money. New haircut. Who dis? <laughs> yeah, haircut was far overdue. Uh, starting Boomsies Newsies with Canada's greatest golfer, Brooke Henderson. She won her, uh, became the first Canadian golfer to win uh, multiple major championships. She won the Amundi Evian Masters in France this past weekend. Awesome. A uh, cool million dollars with the win. Her second major, and she's only 24. She will go down in history as the greatest golfer. This country has ever produced her swing. I could watch it all day. And the joy that she finds in the game, that smile. Ah, she should be on a Canadian currency. Kick all those other bozos off. Not, not, not like that. Not the new bills, but like the old bills where the guys came over from England. And yeah, those guys get Brooke on there. 
All right, well, last week, did you see the Jays spank the Red Sox? Coming off their all-star break, Interesting Jays note. Ex- interesting note. Sorry to cut you off, Z-Money. I literally did not see, what was the final score of that one game? 25 to 26? 28 to 5. 28 to 5. So my mom sent me a text. She said, how about those Blue Jays? And I'm like, I just, uh, I was golfing and doing some other stuff and having dinner. What's going on? And she sent me the score. I'm like, what the? F-? So my mom is the one who informed me. All I saw were the highlights of that game. I didn't get to witness it, but what a shellacking. They outscored the uh, the Red Sox. What was the final total? Like 40 to 10 over the three game series. Something like that. I don't have. The Blue Jays are back. All right. So next up is a reason to make sure you're on the Bet Rivers app and getting this bet in. So okay. two weeks ago, J-Lo, she got married to Ben Affleck. Correct. They tied the knot. Now, what does this have to do with betting and sports and Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady has won a championship in some form or of another, in some form or another, each of the last three times that J-Lo has gotten married. So in 97, J-Lo got married, and Brady in Michigan won the national championship. In 2001, Brady's first year as a starter, Lopez got married, and the Pats took home their first Super Bowl. And in 2004, Lopez got married to Mark Anthony, and Brady led the Pats to their only Super Bowl repeat in the last 25 years. So right now, as of, well, as of Monday on the Bet Rivers app, the Bucks. Odds to win the Super Bowl are sitting at plus 750, and Tom Brady is plus 900 to win the MVP. Okay. Put it in Sharpie. I am placing a futures bet on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. Done. Uh, who did? Who are the other two people she married? She married... Let's see here. In 1997, she married Ojani Noah. Don't know. And no, in 2001, she married Chris Judd. And in 2004, she married Mark Anthony. I knew about Mark Anthony. Don't know about Judzy. How about that? She's a serial dater or a serial marrier. Hopefully, she's found true love, but she never did marry A Rod, which is. Probably for the best because I've met that person in person. And it's almost like he's a human trying to act like a human, like consciously thinking about it at all time. Like, I think this is what humans do. It was just something I can't put my finger on, but J-Lo put her finger on it and she got out. All right, let's move on. Uh, on Sunday, the XFL announced its cities ahead of the league returning in 2023. So the league is now owned by The Rock and his business partner, Danny Garcia. So they just announced the home city. So I'm thinking, Dan, it'd be good if they, you know, you're good at naming things. So let's come up with some franchise names okay. for these XFL cities. Full disclosure, I have not looked at these city names. I've given this no thought because I wanted to do it uh, like free-flowing, coming up with names on the fly. Uh, okay, here we go. Hit me. All right, so the first city is Arlington. Animals. Arlington animals. Right. Next up is Houston. Dynamos. <laughs> then we got San Antonio. Sarsaparillas. Orlando. Ah, Orlando. Orlando Solar Bears. That was the ice hockey or the rollerblade team. Orlando Orangutans. Next up is Las Vegas. Craps. Seattle. No, can't go Sounders. Seattle Sockeyes. No, is that already a team? Sockeyes is already a team, I think. Seattle 
Starbucks. All right. Uh, St. Louis is next. Sklar's. Sklar brothers are from there. The St. Louis Sklar's. And the last city is Washington, D.C. Camp Washington Capitals. No. Washington Democrats. No. Washington Republicans. No. Washington shows. There you go. Named them all. There was a lack of rough riders in those team names, though. <laughs> yeah. Las Vegas craps. Come on. Perfect. Starbucks, you got an instant sponsorship. I think we're on to something here. Uh, tell me, uh, keep a tab on that and see how many of the XFL uses and send them the tape if they use any of ours and we will get royalties. Will do. Uh, moving on to non-sports related news. Uh, have you seen this story about Arnold Schwarzenegger farting on a lady's face? Yeah. Um, this is made up. Maybe he passed gas by mistake because of all the protein he eats. But he would not have gone over and just like, hey, check this out. I'm Arnold. I'll be back. Actually, my food eats back. I call bullshit on this story. All right. Well, uh, keeping with the flatulence theme, there's a man in the UK who's suing a Christmas market for $350,000 after he claims he can't stop farting after buying a ham roll from a vendor in 2017. Hmm. The man, uh, the I've sandwich there. was infected with salmonella. Yeah. So he got sick. So he went to Chipotle. <laughs> uh, next story. Dan, you can now play with yourself in public and not get in trouble. For whoa, it. whoa, whoa. This is a kid's show. Well, Hasbro, the toy maker, are, have come up with, has teamed up with a company called Form Labs, and they've allowed you to create the selfie series. Gives the fans a chance to create high-quality action figures using their face. So you download the app, you scan your face, and you can put your head on any of the Hasbro action figures. So my question for you, Dan, is are you going to be a Ghostbuster, a G.I. Joe, a Power Ranger, a Barbie? What, oh, what man, G.I. Joe, guaranteed. I have a picture as a kid uh, lined up, um, and I was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. I wasn't like a toddler, but I'm lined up showcasing all my G.I. Joe toys. Oh, man, I love them. And uh, who was the bad guy, the Cobra Commander? Yeah, he was terrifying. I loved G.I. Joe as a kid. I wish they, maybe they brought it back. I don't know. But it promotes violence, so I don't know if it's so great. But G.I. Joe, I would definitely come back as a G.I. Joe character. All right, and to close off the newsy section, uh, have you heard of the Valtini yet, Dan? New drink. No, what is it? It's a uh, it's a riff on the dirty martini that features Valvita cheese infused vodka with olive brine and dry vermouth. It's garnished well. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. Why do people do this? They do it for attention. Velveeta probably came up with it, didn't they? Probably. It's at some bar in in Washington. But yeah, and then, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant marketing for places that come up with it because people will come there and they're like, oh, I hear you've got the $200 burger or I hear you've got the Velveeta martini. Do it. Come up with a poutine martini then in Canada. You got your gravy. You can put in some, um, some Kahlua. <laughs> I bet you the uh, master chefs, not master chefs, the, uh, what is that show where they surprise them with the boxes? Chopped. I'm not sure. Chopped. I bet you Chopped could come up with a poutine martini. And I don't know if I've said this before. Thank you, Andrew, by the way. Um, I don't know if I've uh, given my SNL skit. That is a guaranteed winner. My skit idea based on Chopped. So if you've never seen it, Chopped is a cooking show. They have three chefs on, or starts with four, maybe. 
I don't know. And they give them boxes of ingredients and they have to make a gourmet meal. It starts with an appetizer, goes to a main, goes to a dessert. And they have to make a meal out of these items. So they're like, in your box is, and they'll say like, croutons, um, apples, and oysters. So you're like, okay, come up with something. So my SNL skit idea is, and you have Keenan Thompson in this because he'd be the perfect foil. They, they have these chefs lined up and they say, in your box are a rubber band, a piece of chewed bubble gum, a drop of water, and a pubic hair. So Ke- you cut to Keenan, he's like, what the f? What? And these other people are there scurrying around the kitchen. And, the, and they come up with these like magnificent meals. Like I've got the bubble gum infused pubic hair souffle over top of uh, uh, whatever the in- other ingredients were. Um, omelet. And then Keenan, he's like, no, you didn't. You cannot make food out of that. And then you have the people testing it. They're like, oh, my goodness. I can really taste the pubic hair. This is delicious. He's like, this isn't real. You cannot make food out of that. Anyway, there's your skit. Crazy items that two other chefs make magnificent meals. And while Keenan, with his facial expressions, just puts all his in a ball. And he's like, I, I can't do anything with this. This is dumb. You can't make food out of this. There you go. SNL. Quick and dirty. That's an easy, easy sketch to do. Do we accomplish everything we needed to do here? No. And that was a trick question. We have not accomplished everything we needed to. Because I said off the top, we have a surprise. In the form of the person This episode is named after the legend that is Steve Larmer. And here he is, Mr. Steve Larmer, the first man who the episode number, we had that person on. So this is a real honor. Number 28. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm great. So why number 28? Did it have a significance uh, when when you're a minor hockey player? Why 28? It was the number that they gave me. So my first year when I went to went to training camp in Chicago, my number was 58. And the second year I went to training camp in Chicago, my number was 56. So my train of thought was that I moved up two spots, <laughs> which was pretty good. <laughs> But uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, when I, the third training camp and, and whatnot, and, and uh, when I ended up actually starting the year there, the number that they gave me was number 28. And it stuck. And it stuck. Our, our good friend, Steve Webb, I believe he wore number 62. That's how far, <laughs> that's where he was in training camp. And he, he kept it. I think he played his first season with number 62. Well, it's funny how when you're given a number and you're a young kid, there's not really too much that you're going to say about it either, right? Yeah, exactly. You're like, uh, well, I guess this is how it works here. Yeah. Um, so you were just in uh, Nashville. Was this your first ever visit? How did you like it? Uh, well, I, I was there uh, prior when I worked at the NHLPA for, for meetings and whatnot, but uh this was the first real social trip that we had there. And, uh, yeah, it's a really nice town. Uh, lots of things to do and a uh, beautiful city and really nice people. When you were playing in the NHL, at any point, did you think, man, I wonder if Nashville's ever going to have an NHL team? Uh, no, not, <laughs> not at all. But, I mean, it's a, it's a great city, and I think they've got wonderful support there. And, the Bridgestone Arena is right on Broadway where all the action is. So uh, it's the destination point for a lot of people. Mr. Larmer, 
how did you play 884 consecutive games in the NHL when I uh, play a round of golf and I can barely get out of bed the next day? Well, it was all to for my workout regime and my healthy diet. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, I mean, just a lot of good luck. And, uh, you know, I think just, I think part of playing the game is being mentally prepared too and, and you know, taking every game seriously and, you know, playing every game like it's your last game and just your awareness out on the ice. And, and uh, I mean, back in the day, you had to be aware that, you know, when Scotty Stevens was on the ice because he was always, he was a big hitter and, and whatnot. So every time you jumped on the ice, you were looking around to see who was out there and, and you know, just to keep your senses alive and yourself alive. Um, do you look back at some of the highlights from when you played and say, well, that, that wouldn't be allowed this in this uh, day and age. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, you know, Scotty seasons, Scotty Stevens would have never played a full year. So, I mean, it's, it's, the game has changed a lot since then. And, uh, like I said, it's like every time you jumped on the ice, you know, there was in Detroit, there was Bob Probert and Joey Kosher and, uh, you know, in Minnesota it was Willie Platt and, and, you know, these teams had big, strong, tough defensemen. And, you know, when, you know, they were out there and they were hitting you and they were hitting you to hurt you. So you had to be aware of it. Um, two things that stand out when I watch uh, games from, uh, from back in the day, you could hook a guy up that you could get a free ride up the ice by hooking a guy uh, all the way through the neutral zone into the other end. And the ability for players to freeze the puck against the boards, if they wanted a whistle, they just gave it to them. They're like, yeah, yeah. My uh, whistle's t- whistle time here. He's got it against the boards with his skate. Yeah. I mean, there you could water ski down the ice <laughs> with somebody and, and whatnot. And I can remember, playing a game in St. Louis one night against, uh, oh, Brian Sutter. And I remember, you know, they're always told when you're back checking, you got to stay right close to your winger and, and all that stuff. And, and the next thing you know, you know, I'm skating down beside him or whatever, looking for the puck and seeing what's happening. And then all of a sudden he hooks me and pulls me back, slingshots ahead of me and gets a breakaway and goes in and scores a goal. And when I get back to the bench, am I ever in a lot of trouble? But at the end of the day, it's like, what can you do, right? So, there, you know, the rules mm-hmm. have changed, I think, for the better, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it's nice when they, you know, they don't allow that freezing the puck along the boards anymore. It's they want to keep the play moving. Uh, you mentioned uh, trying to stay alive on the ice. Did you wear... Were you one of these guys who wore the same gear your entire career, or did you actually adapt with the times? I pretty much wore the same gear uh, from beginning to end. Those little old Cooper shoulder pads with the little cups on the front yep. and, and and whatnot. And I tried to keep my equipment as light as possible. And, you know, the big heavy pants that we wore, you know, you were always cutting stuff out of them. The problem was back then was at the beginning of a period when the ice was freshly, you know, flooded, if you fell down, it just soaked right up into your pants and, and your equipment. So you're carrying an extra five pounds of water around with you. So, um, Hey, Marms, I know I used to be a goalie. I had horsehair pads. So by the end, by the third period, I've got cinder blocks on my legs. Well, exactly. So you're, you're always trying to think of ways to, you know, stay as fast as you can. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, my hockey career didn't go very far. Alarms. Uh, when you see a guy these days, uh, he scores like 20 in a season. They're like, Oh, he had a breakout year and he gets this massive million dollar contract. Do you look at it and say, I scored over 39 times. Come on people. Well, I think that, you know, the game evolves. And you want to see every year you want to see players making more and more and more and more. Right. So, you know, I mean, we played, you know, in a time 
you know, in the eighties and, you know, for me, the eighties and the early nineties. So it, it was what it was from a dollar, you know, from a dollar perspective or whatever, but you always want to see the game get better and, and the players make more and, and stuff like that. I always tell it's, you know, I blame it on my mother. It's her fault that I was born in 1961. I wish I was born in 1971, <laughs> but then I thank her that I wasn't born in 1951. So, you know, times change and, and whatnot, and, and you just want to see the players, you know, it's a short career, and you, you want to see them make as much as they can. If you ever want to, uh, to all the listeners out there, if you want to take a wild trip down a, a stats page, look at Larmer's uh, Hockey DB. Yeah, nine times, 30-plus goals. It's just packed wall-to-wall with, uh, with points. Um, when you guys won the, uh, the Stanley cup with the Rangers, what did you do with the Stanley cup? And do you remember every moment of that day? Uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you bring it to, did you bring it up and down the lift locks in Peterborough? No, I don't think, I think no, we did that for the first time. Yeah, like a few years we didn't ago. do it. I picked it up. I picked it up from that. We were the last team to have it before a guy from the Hall of Fame actually had to stay with it 24-7. Okay, okay. So I had to go pick it up uh, from Jeff Bukaboom and Lindsay. And and on my way back from Lindsay to Peterborough, my sister lives out in Cavan, uh, out in the country there. So we stopped by her place and, you know, her in-laws and everything came over and we got a chance to to look at it and, and whatnot. But when I picked it out of the blue case, the top fell off it <laughs> and it, the actual cup part broke. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, it's my fault. They're going to throw me in jail. I've ruined this thing and all of that stuff. So, uh, that was the first stop and then took it into mom and dad's place and we had some people over there and then we had it out of the cottage later that night and you know it was a little crazy but uh yeah it was fun and then the next day we took it in uh and i took it into the hospital and we went through the pediatric ward with it so that was basically my time with the cup and at the end of that day it was like i called the guy and said listen please get this thing away from me i don't want it anymore. It's just causing me way too much trouble. <laughs> I love that you had to go pick it up from Jeff Bookham. I'm like, ah, I'm coming to pick up the cup. Are you going to be home? <laughs> it, well, that's the thing. It's like, it, it's different now because yeah. of all the different things that happen, you know, have happened to it over the years. So uh, we were the last year, the last team that actually got the cup without a guy from the hall of fame with it. And then every time somebody gets it now, and since then, the guy with the Hall of Fame has to be at every event that you're taking it to. Probably uh, for the best. It probably should have been done years prior, but I'm glad you guys got to enjoy it to its fullest uh, before, before they did. came in. The no fun police. Okay, Steve Larmer, we're going to play five questions with Steve Larmer. Are you ready? I'm trying. <laughs> if you had to live the rest of your life with only one meal, what would it be? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. What is the greatest cereal of all time? Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. What is more bearable, really hot summer or really cold winter? Really cold winter after getting back from Nashville. I'll never (laughs) complain of winter again. (laughs) What is the strangest thing that you ever ate while playing in a game? Uh, Probably a hot dog. And what person's number do you have in your phone that we would say, okay, okay, that's pretty cool. Yours. No, oh, come on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any, any really good phone numbers in my phone. <laughs> Steve Webb. Steve Webb. Okay, <laughs> we'll, go, we go. We'll, go with, we'll go with Mumbles. <laughs> mumbles. See, I thought you were going to say like Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mario Lemieux, um, someone like that. No, I don't have any of those phone numbers. Okay. It's probably again for the best. Greg Millen. 
Greg Mellon. There, there we go. Keep it in Peterborough. You only have Peterborough numbers is what we're figuring out. Yeah, I don't like the long distance charges on anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to make long distance calls after seven because it's too expensive during the day. So Absolutely. Uh, alarms, you're the best. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, aside from that, we thank you for coming on Boomsies. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. It's always good to see you. Uh, one more last look for Ron. If you're watching the video portion, my T-shirt. Well, if you aren't, my T-shirt says worst convention ever. I was once at an Ottawa, uh, a wedding in Ottawa, and there was uh, a large break in between the wedding and the reception. So you're milling about. You're like, well, we can't, can't drink this entire time. Most people do. And I saw a t-shirt shop. I said, don't we make a t-shirt while you wait? And comic book guy, I'd just seen an episode from The Simpsons where he had a t-shirt on that said, worst convention ever. So I'm like, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says worst convention ever. And I did. And I still have it. So this t-shirt shop that was in the Byward Market in Ottawa your lettering that you put on this shirt, oh man, this has got to be, this shirt's got to be 20 years old. Great job. Your stuff holds up. So thank you. So this is a Simpsons inspired t-shirt this week. Thanks for listening. As I mentioned earlier, just take a, take a minute to breathe. To enjoy those little things. I can't stress it enough. It makes all the difference in the world. Like right now, I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm, I got to pack up all this gear, put it back in the basement. And then I'm just going to probably sit on this deck and read a book. I'll finish a book that I got in Atlanta. Got it at the airport. I'm invested. I got to finish it. But I'm not going to let it get me down. Someone spent years putting those words on those pages. So I'm going to give it the due time it deserves. And see it through to the end. And never think of that book again. Because I had to flip through a lot of the middle part. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for this. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure to hug someone. Why not even throw in a, I love you. I know. Sounds far-fetched. But just do it. It'll make you feel good, and it'll make that person feel even better. See you next week. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozie. Live from Orno. In the heart of Ontario, oh baby boozies.